before we dive into today's episode, we want to make a quick but important disclosure. The information and advice shared in this podcast are intended to provide general knowledge and understanding about wellness and health-related subjects. They are not intended to replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions that you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health regimen. Remember, your health is your responsibility and it's always best to consult with a healthcare professional. This isn't just another podcast, it's a deep dive into the world of beauty, wellness, and longevity. Now we're here to discuss what beauty really means beyond just appearances. We'll also talk about wellness, the habits and practices that keep us healthy, full of energy. And we'll explore the topic of longevity, looking at the science and realities of living a long, fulfilling life. So sit back, relax, and join us as we go beyond the mirror. Welcome. I am here today with Tabitha Braun. Welcome, Tabitha. Hi. Hi. And tell me a little bit about how you started your journey into aesthetics and fillers specifically. I think this really kind of came to me as I was in nurse practitioner school and had been an ER nurse for 17 years Mm -hmm. and is really just kind of wanting to branch out. COVID kind of really did a number, I think, on a lot of nurses that have been in the hospital for a very long time. And so I just wanted to try something different. And I think for a lot of women, we're all interested in skincare and things that we can do to keep us looking younger, longer. And so that's always been an interest of mine. And so that was, that was, I think, the catalyst of what sent me into this realm basically, which is very hard to tap into. I did start off by taking a class, just like a beginner class on toxins and how to administer them and the different, you know, muscles and those types of things to kind of get started. And then luckily found an employer here at Elemental Aesthetics that agreed to take me on and really helped learn more individually about different products and bring on reps and get us some really good training that I don't think a lot of nurse injectors get when they first start. I completely agree. Um, I feel like you're kind of given your little basic training and then kind of thrown to the wolves, so to speak. And so the fact that we do have elemental aesthetics as our guide to getting more education and, you know, Jennifer, she's really good at making sure we're comfortable with doing something before we're asked to do it, which is amazing. And that's not always the case, even in nursing, No, no. (laughs) you know, as both of us are nurses. So we know. (laughs) I hate to say there are a lot of probably newer nurse injectors who are out there um, just with the more basic class and maybe don't have the close preceptorship or even just training that we were given yeah and I mean I was scared to death when I first started so I can only imagine someone with way less training um, and experience getting started would be absolutely terrifying and and the fact that you we are terrified tells us that we do care about our patients and we want to make sure that you do get a really good result when you do have fillers so we start to as we age we are facial expressions become a little bit more pronounced. We start seeing some fine lines and wrinkles. And 
some of our fat pads start to dissipate down. And, and what that does is it reshapes our face. We start getting the jowls. We start getting the parentheses. And, and I so, actually have a, awesome. I have a prop. Awesome. So um, this is courtesy of Allergan. Mm-hmm. Allergan is responsible for products like Botox, which I think now Allergan has been purchased by Ab. But initially it was Allergan. Um, products like Botox, and then a lot of the fillers we're going to also talk about in the Juvederm collection. But yeah. I think this is a very good uh, picture, basically, of what happens when yes. we get older and the things that happen. So this is an actual mother and daughter. And so the daughter has the more youthful appearance. And then as we age, we see the changes that can happen where mm-hmm. you do have the loss of fat pads and bone resorption. And lack of elasticity and collagen and some of the things. So we actually do refer to this as the triangle of youth. So when you're younger, you have that inverted triangle. And so your cheeks are higher and more things are lifted. But then as we get older, that triangle inverts. And so then we do have more of the jowling. You have the loss of your um, cheek um, fullness Mm -hmm. and... So everything starts to sag and stink, and that's something that I think a lot Gravity. of us are very <laughs> familiar with. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yes, especially in the 40s, approaching 50, yeah. we tend to see a lot more pronounced aging. Um, and tell me a little bit about um, why or when somebody would use the filler. There are other aesthetic procedures out there that Tons can help with. Yeah you know, fine lines and wrinkles. Some of the things can be like, um, like cool peel, which mm-hmm. is something we offer here for some of the more fine lines and wrinkles, the Vivace, especially around the mouth, because what we, a lot of people call it um, smoker's lines, mm-hmm. or it can just be even from drinking out of a straw, but you get these lines that develop in here and they are really difficult to treat. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I personally see fillers as more of a last resort in some of those areas, just because we can try to use lasers to kind of soften them. But when you have softened them and you're still not getting a good result, filler in those areas can help plump the skin. And um, the fillers that we're going to be talking about today are actually made out of hyaluronic acid, which mm-hmm. is naturally occurring in the body. Correct. And it helps basically hyaluronic acid, it helps pull water and then it moisturizes and smooths the skin. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's essentially what fillers do as well. And so it kind of just helps fill in those, those wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other areas that yeah. fillers can help with. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's a science of how we rejuvenate the face, basically utilizing that triangle that you showed us earlier. When we're going to fill, and your practitioner, if you're not in an area that uh, is close to here, we're in St. Louis, uh, Creep Corps, one of the things you can do is just make sure you ask the right questions when you are thinking about doing fillers. There is a way to fill the face correctly so you're not having that overfilled look that a lot of us see some celebrities have, and, we <laughs> and have, it's not attractive. <laughs> we do have a lot of people that come yeah. in that say, I don't want to look like yeah. a chipmunk. I don't want to look, and t- in all fairness, and I tell this to people all the time, 
none of us want you to look that way because no. that is a reflection on our technique, on our practice, and we don't want you going out into the world and looking that way. Um, Jennifer has done a very good job of hiring nurses that are really want their patients to look natural. Mm -hmm. We want the natural look. We do not want that overfilled, that fake um, appearance. And when you're buying syringes of filler, which are an investment, you have to spend a lot of money, I think, to look that bad because it's a lot yeah. of syringes. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> coupled possibly with injection technique, yeah. you're going to, it's going to be a lot of money. And yes. so we absolutely want you to have the very best experience. Yeah. And, and we always err on the side of caution. So we'll fill a little bit, see how you like it. If you do want a little bit more, you know, we save your syringe for a couple of weeks to make sure that you, you know, are happy with your results. And if there is something that you want to change, we can do that. And so um, tell me a little bit about how you choose the right filler for the right outcome. So I think it really is important, too, to also talk to the patient and mm -hmm. see what their goals and their expectations are. And it's important to also set attainable expectations. Yes. Um, so that's first and foremost. I like to start off with having the patient hold up a mirror in front of their face and say, what, what is your number one thing that bothers you? Mm -hmm. Or what brought you in here today and really listen to what they say and what they show you. Off of that, we'll ask questions as far as, you know, have you had any fillers before? Is this, um, when did you start to notice this? Um, and even you have to also take into consideration how long have those lines and wrinkles been there? If you are a 70-year-old female and you smoke or have smoked, you have to think, okay, those lines and wrinkles have probably been there for 50 years. And then we have smoking on top of it, which impairs our body's ability to heal. And it creates collagen and all that Of course. Stuff. And yeah. it mm -hmm. also makes mm -hmm. the aging process faster. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I would say about that is what areas are bothering you? So we talked about earlier about the inverted triangle. And so a lot of people will come in, they're like, oh, I just really hate these lines here or around my mouth. And we'll still start to get the jowling. The thing about fillers and where you place them is most of the time it's a symptom. So the areas that we're targeting are usually a symptom of something else. And to correctly be injecting, you need to start from top to bottom. So if somebody is having a lot of these areas in here that they really don't like or they want fixed, we need to look at their cheeks. It's all about re restoring structure before you go into the more like chasing the symptoms, chasing the symptoms and the more like um, the things like the nasolabial pulse and stuff that people. So while they may be coming in for one thing, we said that's fine. But we do need to repair the structure part that might be causing that. Because if we just go after the area that bothers you and we fix that, but we don't fix like the foundation, it's not going to look right and it's not going to look natural. And so I think that's important. So areas of structure would be cheekbones, jaws, um, pre-jowls, chin. Those are going to be your areas of structure that we need to repair first mm -hmm. before we 
tackle the smaller places. Yes, great, thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about a story or share a experience that one of your clients had where they were like super excited and just loved uh, so, the results. Yeah, I think probably one of my first patients that we had, um, she was coming in, she was just wanting to look younger. Um, she felt that she had aged a lot, that she had a lot more sagging, you know. I mean, she was a beautiful woman in her late 40s to early 50s, prime time. I mean, we all have started at different points in time with, you know, um, when we decide to do filler and whatnot. But she that was kind of the age where she was. And we really kind of just looked at the face overall and really kind of had a game plan of what we wanted to help repair um and i think we started with cheeks on her we did a little bit right here um, to help with some of these uh, lines here like in the piriform area i think we worked a little bit on job it was really a lot of structure and when she was done when i held up the mirror i mean we can see the progress that's being made but when you hold up that mirror and you have them look I mean, she was crying, yeah. and I was like, I hope those are good tears, <laughs> because I yeah. think you look great, but um, that was really rewarding for me. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always yeah. so cool with fillers, because it's instant, yes. so they can automatically see yes. how, trans like, it's so subtle, but yet it's transformative, and that's, and that's where I think Elemental really does their due diligence here because we we really do look at how can we make you look natural but yet address those issues that are bothering you uh, which is so cool um tell me a little bit like is is it okay to mix botox and filler absolutely because they work on very different areas mm -hmm. so botox whether it be botox whether it be jabot xeomin dysport those four are the top, I think, that we have in the U.S., but um, they work on muscle movement. And so the what starts with making some of these forehead creases and stuff are your, like, frontalis mm -hmm. muscles. So your muscles that move in your upper face. Generally, tox is used for your frontalis, your 11 area, which is uh, your prothoracic, your corrugator muscles, all these like medical terms I'm throwing out, but that all involves like the forehead, the 11, um, over the eye, and then you have your obicularis oculi, which is your muscles around your eyes. And so, and so that that would be like a crow's feet area. There are other areas that tox can be used in. And when I say the word tox, I'm referring to Botox, Jabot. Any of the, Any of the ones botulinum toxinates. So if I say tox, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so that focuses on, you can also incorporate some of them. They are off-label use. So that is something that basically is just, um, have been shown to help the mm -hmm. symptom of maybe downturn mouth. You have muscles right here called the DAOs. And if you put a little bit in them, that can help with keeping your frown mm -hmm. from turning upside down. Um, masseters are another area. Those are the big muscles back here that um, some people that maybe get headaches from clenching their teeth, That, but it can also have a slimming effect to their face. So there are other areas that we can't put toxins. Mm -hmm. 
filler is not going to fix a, that type of a thing. Filler is not to keep muscles from moving. Filler is to restore volume that's mm -hmm. lost. So, yeah, but you awesome. can do both of them at the same time. Tell me a little bit about the downtime that comes with filler. Is, is there really a downtime? And, and you know, what are some of the things to know post-filler? So filler, the downtime, it really varies. It varies on the place where you actually put it. Is it in the cheek? Is it in the chin? Is it piriforms? Is it jawline? Um, we recommend that they don't travel on an airplane for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's really also just to monitor for adverse reactions or complications that can happen with filler. Most of the time, these things are going to show up probably within 48 hours. But just to be on the safe side, we do say, give us two weeks that you're going to be in town. So if there is any issues that we can. Also, we um, another thing to keep in mind when you're getting filler, if you have a history of having um, cold sores, you may need to pre-treat before you have your lips done because any time that you cause what we want to use is trauma, although this is not, but it, it is trauma to your body, we want to make sure that your immune system, which is doing exactly what it's supposed to do, it's that going in there and it's, you know, protecting our body, that stress can cause canker or um, cold sores. And so we want to make sure that we pre-treat or even if you start to develop some after that we get your prescription for Valtrex. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other things are just infection control. So don't touch your face after. Make sure you sleep with a clean pillowcase. You can use ice if you have some swelling or even some bruising. Um, but other than that, it's pretty, pretty easy to take care of. Mm -hmm. And um, as far as like the life of your filler, depending on different, there's different kinds. Some last a little bit longer than others and somewhere between a year or two. What increases the longevity of your fillers? Or is there anything that you would do to help keep the look more stable? So with all the fillers that we inject elemental, they are made of hyaluronic acid. The best thing that you can do for hyaluronic acid is drink water because it's going to pull that water and that's going to help basically plump, plump, <laughs> plump the skin is the best way I know how to mm -hmm. say it. Um, but it's also going to just help your filler to last longer. Other things to take into consideration would be what is your metabolism like? So sometimes we have women that come in who are very fit. They work out all the time. They go to the gym. They have a really high metabolism. metabolism. That unfortunately can work against you, I guess, in certain circumstances where your body will metabolize that filler or even that tox. So that is something that we do have to take into consideration. Also, if you're a male versus a female, and this is especially important when we talk about tox because you have greater muscle mass as men. That is a biological fact. And so, and their metabolism may be a little faster. So that's something too that we need to 
make our patients aware that that can interfere with the longevity of talk or even filler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything ethical to consider as far as like fillers? Um, I would say ethically, I would, if you're in the time of your life where you're thinking you might get pregnant or, and this goes for talks as well, or you're trying to get pregnant, um, I mean, if you're not trying, it's okay. But if you know that you are in actively actively trying, you or if you are breastfeeding, you should not get talked or filler until the end, um, until you've completed the breastfeeding. And the reason for that is there's a lack of studies and a lack of research out there of whether or not talks and fillers can interfere with development, but also if it can be passed on into the breast milk. Now, I'm not going to say that women have never done it, mm-hmm. but I will not inject in someone if I know they're trying to get pregnant, are pregnant, or are breastfeeding. So, um, anything else that you wanted to share? I think that's one hand up there. Well, um, I also, um, I wanted to kind of just talk about, too, the volume that comes in filler. Oh, yes. A lot of people see it as a syringe, but what they don't realize that one ml is what is in a syringe is really one very milliliter. small. Yes. One milliliter. Mm-hmm. One milliliter is about the size of a plump blueberry. And so I I do have this, this again, courtesy of Allergan, with a little palette, and it's got different sizes. And I don't know that you can see it too well, but this is one ml. This is the size of the liquid that is in one one syringe. syringe. And so Mm -hmm. it's a very small amount (laughs) and it can go very far. Yeah. So I I do like to also just kind of preface that with things. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you uh, and your expertise here at Elemental. If you have any questions, we would love to hear your questions. Just comment below and we will address those for you. If you would like, feel free to call in and ask those questions as well. You can speak to any of the amazing nurses that we have here at Elemental, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you and seeing you.